Good. Um, welcome, everyone. Preaching to the choir today. It's going to be a good day. Literally, to the choir. Uh, the peanut gallery, yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Jamie, and you are at church right now. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, help. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> that was to the point, wasn't it? Help. Yeah. Uh, I'm really glad that we have the technology to share the worship and the word with you online. Um, but I will say that we miss your faces off, and we love you. And this is the fourth Sunday in Lent, so we're going to continue our Lenten journey with the lectionary as we follow Christ on his way to Jerusalem. And today's gospel lesson comes from the ninth chapter of John's gospel, and it is the whole chapter. And I usually read all the verses first and then do the talk, but today I'm going to do it in the style of Jim where I read a bit, and then I talk a bit, and then I read a bit, and I talk a bit, because otherwise uh, I'm going to sound like an audiobook. And you're just going to tune me out while you're over there playing Candy Crush on your phones. No. <laughs> That's what I do. Okay, chapter 9 is the one where Jesus heals a man who was born blind. And uh, so for some context, because context is always good, before Jesus, um, before he does this, he's just had this intense discussion, we'll say, uh, with the Pharisees. He was preaching to the people at the temple, and he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this, you know, sets the Pharisees off, and they argue with him for a bit. But Jesus keeps telling them what's up. And finally, um, they get so mad that they start picking up stones to stone him. And John's gospel tells us that Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. So Jesus has repeatedly told them truth after truth. And the Pharisees are so worked up, so angry that, um, well, they've lost their minds. Right? They're going to they're gonna kill him right there on the temple grounds. But Jesus gets away, and they calm down. They calm down enough to not murder him the next time they see him, uh, but they are ready for him to go. So here we go. John chapter 9. Wait, <laughs> wait, that's a lie. Um, one other thing. Um, while I was reading this, like my fifth time through, um, it kind of hit me that this story, it reads like a parable. You guys know I love a parable. Now, this is a true story, right? This is a true event, but it reads like a parable uh, because there's this overall spiritual lesson that's being taught. And also, this story is full of unnamed characters, just general groups of people without names. Uh, Jesus is the only one named. So since it kind of reads like a parable, I thought it would be fun 
depending on your definition of fun. Um, I thought it would be fun to, while we're going through this, that you pick out which character you are. You know, like today. Who are you today? Because we are all of these characters. But who are you today? Like, you know how sometimes when you read the parable of the prodigal son, like sometimes you're the prodigal son, you've squandered everything, and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then sometimes you're the sour brother who's like, well, I didn't get a party. You know, like different days, you're this different person. Um, so, you know, and sometimes maybe you're doing well and you're like the dad and you're like, I love my kids, <laughs> you know. So um, it just depends on your level of maturity on that day. And there's that maturity word again. I keep bringing that up all through Lent. Um, learn it. Um, so today we're going to go through this story and pick out who we are. Okay, now, John chapter 9. As he, Jesus, went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Okay, stop. Okay, so Jesus is walking, and he's, he's not teaching a crowd of people. He's walking. He's going somewhere, and he sees a blind man, and, um, and you know it's going to be good. Anytime in the Gospels it says that Jesus sees someone, something good is about to happen right? Something is about to change. In the first chapter of John, when Jesus gathers his first disciples, Andrew brings his brother Simon to meet Jesus. And in verse 42, it says, Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Peter, right? He sees Simon the fisherman, and then he changes his name, and he changes his life forever, and in chapter 5, at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus sees the invalid who had been there for 38 years. And I'm sure that man was used to being overlooked. But Jesus sees him. And then comes the change. He heals him. And in chapter 6, Jesus sees the massive crowd of thousands. He sees them, so you know. Here comes something grand. He sees them, and then he feeds them until they were all satisfied. So here in chapter 9, Jesus sees a blind man. So you know, here comes something big. Something is about to happen, but not before the disciples ask what sounds like a really rude question. <laughs> Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was blind? Now this guy is blind. He is not deaf. And they ask this question, who sinned, him or his parents? Right? And they ask Jesus. They don't even talk to him. They don't ask him a question. They don't acknowledge him. And it's almost like they don't even see him. They are aware of him. But they don't see him. They don't see him as a person. Because the question asks Jesus, whose fault is he? Whose, cr whose crime is this? Who do we blame him on? And they're more curious about another person's sin than their own. So how many of us, don't raise your hand, even though you're at home in your pajamas, how many of us are the disciples in this story? Like how many of us are quick to see something and give it zero attention, but ask who did this? Whose fault is this? You know, like quick, maybe if I point out this person's sin, no one's going to see my sin. 
So the disciples want to know who's going to get judged for this, and Jesus answers them in verse 3. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happens so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So Jesus corrects his disciples. And he says, this is not about sin. It's not about judgment. This is about God's work being displayed in this man's life. It's about God's glory. And this is about God's heart for his people being revealed. And how will this happen? Well, Jesus says, by doing God's work, right? We must do the work of him who sent me. We. So as long as it is day, we work. Night is coming when no one can work, but right now it's day, so we work. Jesus is on his way to somewhere to do the work of his father. And on his way, he sees this blind man, and he stops to do the work of his father. He does kingdom work on his way to do kingdom work. This is what he is teaching the disciples. And guess what? This is what we are going to learn, too. We have to learn to do the kingdom work or do the stuff, as we say, in the vineyard, We have to learn to do this all the time, not just at church, not just during a worship service or a conference. Jesus says, as long as it is day, we must do the work of the Father. So on his way to do the Father's work, he stops to do the Father's work. Verse 6, having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Now, I'm not going to lie. I almost went outside yesterday to spit in some dirt to see, like, how much mud you could make. But but I didn't because I am a lady. (laughs) And ladies don't spit. Yeah. Um, I don't know why Jesus made spit mud. And I don't know why he put it on the man's eyes. But I do know that covering eyes with mud is not medicine. And I know that covering eyes with mud will not help you see better. So Jesus, he does this and he tells the man to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And when the man came home, he was, he was healed. He could see. And notice that the man does not ask questions. He just obeys. What? So, to be clear, this miracle is about displaying God's glory, right? It is not about spit mud. And it is not about washing in a special pool. But there is something to be said here about obedience. Jesus says, go wash. And he goes, and he washes, and he comes back healed. Verse 8, his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, 
isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? And some claimed that he was. And others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. I'm the man. <laughs> How were your eyes opened, they demanded. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like story time? So now we have the nosy neighbors. Hey, wasn't that the blind beggar? Why is he getting a welfare check? He's not that blind. Now, how many of us, now don't raise your hand, but how many of us are the nosy neighbors? My neighbor gets a disability check, and I saw him mowing his lawn. How very dare he? Do we complain about people on the dole? Do we watch our neighbors and demand justice instead of mercy? Sometimes. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm not the nosy neighbor. <laughs> not recently. But I am the other, right? The neighbors are like, hey, isn't that that guy? And the others say, uh, nah, he, he probably just looks like that guy, right? That's me. I am busy. I am distracted by everything everything. And I cannot be bothered to participate. Hey, is that that guy? Yeah, I don't know. It's probably just a guy that looks like a guy. I don't care. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm so busy with my own busyness that it would not surprise me at all that I could miss a huge miracle like this. And I don't want to be like this. I want to be a better neighbor. So the neighbors are like, is that the guy? And some say, yeah. And some say, no, probably it's a different guy that looks like a guy. And the guy says, I'm the guy. And they say, tell us everything. And he does. And they're like, no, this is weird. Call the cops. <laughs> so verse 13, they, the neighbors, brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now, the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner do such miraculous signs? So they were divided. Now, we have talked a lot about the Pharisees lately and how they're always trying to catch Jesus at breaking the Jewish law and how they accused him of doing work on the Sabbath. Um, they accused his healing on the Sabbath as being work, and, uh, but nowhere in God's law does he forbid mercy on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees are divided on Jesus. And remember when we studied Nicodemus about two weeks ago, and he told Jesus that some of us know you are from God. Verse 17. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. And the man replied, he's a prophet. 
I mean, that's a safe enough answer. He doesn't know. He's been blind this whole time. Verse 18, the Jews still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered. And we know he was born blind. I like this. Like, they've got a checklist. <laughs> we know he was born blind, but how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He's of age. He'll speak for himself. And his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So how many of us, don't raise your hands, are like the Pharisees? We value our traditions over people. We value rules over mercy and kindness. And how many of us are like the parents? We're afraid to take a stand. Now, it says the parents were afraid because if you said Jesus was the Christ, you'd be kicked out of the synagogue. And this doesn't mean that they would be kicked out of church and that they could just pick up and walk to another church and go to church. They would be kicked out of everything. They would be considered a traitor against the Jewish government. They'd be excommunicated and kicked out of Israel. It was a religious crime and a civil crime. And the parents were afraid. And they were more afraid of what the Jews would do to them than more in awe of what Jesus had done to their son. Verse 24. A second time the Pharisees or the Sanhedrin, this is a court, by the way. This is a court. This isn't just like a conversation that is casual. They've summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God, they said. We know this man is a sinner. And he replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Mm, yeah. This poor guy. <laughs> this poor guy. This man born blind. This man who till recently was blind. This man whom aforetime was blind. He should be having the best life ever. He went from being a blind beggar where people assumed it was a sin that was keeping him blind to being healed and then to being harassed and ignored by his neighbors. And the neighbors sell him out to the Pharisees who question him. And then he's thrown under the bus by his parents. And then he's summoned to court again, only to be asked the same questions. This poor guy. Verse 26, they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered, I have told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Ooh, I know, I like it. Nicely done, man who was formerly blind from birth. <laughs> I mean, now how many of us 
and everybody raise your hand. How many wishes that we were as bold as this guy? Yeah. He calls them out on their obsession with Jesus. And he goes on to tell them off, okay? And they freak out, and, uh, and they go back and forth. They're like, uh, no, you're one of his disciples. We're, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's like a Monty Python sketch. It is so embarrassing. <laughs> but in verse 32, he schools them. He says, nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing, a pretty good sermon right there. <laughs> and the Pharisees throw him out. So now he's an outcast. He went from a blind beggar to an accused faker by his neighbors. <laughs> Great. <laughs> he is investigated by the authorities and he's disowned by his parents basically. And then he's thrown out of the community. All because Jesus saw him and healed him. Like, do you want to be seen by Jesus? Are we ready for that? Later on, Jesus hears about what happened to this guy, this man who previously had been blind since birth. And Jesus finds him and he says to him, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And I am sure that he's like, okay. <laughs> Who is he, the man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking to you. Never a straight answer, Jesus. Never just like, it's me. <laughs> but you have seen him. He's talking to you. And the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. And some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, what, are we blind too? Like, oh, always make it about you, Pharisees. Don't raise your hand. Who's a Pharisee? Don't raise your hand. Okay. And Jesus says, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Jesus is telling the Pharisees, you know, if you were blind, right, like the people around you, the people you lead, like the Gentiles even, if you were blind, like they are about God the Father, then your sin would be ignorance. But since you say you can see, then you don't need anyone to guide you. And you think you're self-sufficient, and you don't need God's grace. And if you reject that, then your guilt remains. So Jesus sees the blind man and tells him to go and wash. And the man obeys. And he is healed. And then harassed, investigated, disowned, interrogated, kicked out as a criminal. And it almost sounds like his life is ruined. Like, it sounds pretty ruined so far. But, um, but he never denied Jesus. He never denied the miracle in order to make his life easier. He never said, you know what? You're probably right. I don't even know this guy. He probably is a sinner. 
whatever, just leave me alone. But the man stuck to the truth, and it made his life really hard. But he remained faithful. And Jesus found him again. And this time, instead of just healing the man, he made him whole. He reveals himself to be the Son of Man, the Messiah, and the man believes him. And he worships Jesus. So Jesus sees him and heals him, and he's tested, remains faithful. And Jesus finds him and makes him whole. He's a believer now. Like us. So the story reads a lot like a parable. Right? The overarching lesson about spiritual blindness and faithfulness and doing the Father's work. And there's no named people other than Jesus. Just labeled groups of people. And the man born blind. (laughs) Yeah. And it bothered me so much that he wasn't named. He doesn't get a name. Even the neighbors, like they're such bad neighbors, they don't even know his name. They're just like the blind dude. Like, I don't know, it's it's some other guy that looks like the, the guy. Who cares? Hey, is that blind Jeff? Yeah, that's blind Jeff. No, that just looks like blind Jeff. Yeah. And he's like, no, I am blind Jeff, but it's really, it's just Jeff. You can just call me Jeff. (laughs) And they're like, what? Call the cops. Jimmy, please don't call this one the one about blind Jeff. I don't want to get a bunch of emails about, like, being insensitive. (laughs) But he's not given a name Because then this story would be Jesus heals Jeff, right? But this way we can read this story and we can put ourselves in it. And we can be all those people and we can put ourselves in the shoes of the man who was formerly born blind. And it's an echo of John 3 where Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be baptized and born again, right? He tells the man, go and wash. And he obeys, and he's healed and tested and made whole. And so are we. That's our salvation. Jesus is salvation, and we talked about that last week. So we have salvation that we get from Jesus, and now we are his disciples. And what does he tell his disciples in this story? Like after he corrects them. He tells them it's time to do the Father's work, do the stuff. And guys, it's still day. It's not night yet. And we aren't to only do it on Sunday during church. In fact, right now, during the coronavirus pandemic, we can't even hold the Sunday services. We can't even do it on Sunday at church. So we're going to have to learn to do the Father's work in other ways. Get creative. And we have to learn to do it like Jesus. He did the work on the way to do the work. (laughs) 
And the only way we can work like this is to know the Father, know His voice. And the only way to do that is study the Word, read the Word. Don't go out there thinking you're doing God's work if you don't know God. You're going to hurt people. John tells us Jesus is the Word. So study the Word, read the Word. Jesus is the Word. And Jesus tells us He is the light. So He is our day. And we still have life. And we still have breath. So let's not leave the work of the Father undone. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's pray. Do we? Yes. The bold blind dude. (laughs) Thank you, Facebook people. (laughs) Now stop it. (laughs) Okay, thank you, friend. Now bow your head. Stop it. <laughs> Bow your head. Touch your screens, y'all. And, <laughs> and then sanitize them because you're gross. Okay. <laughs> All right. Really, we're praying right now. <laughs> Lord, we trust you to be our light, and we trust your word. And we thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. You are our salvation. Forgive us for being judgmental, we are sorry. And forgive us for being bad neighbors, for being nosy or indifferent, we are sorry. And forgive us for valuing our traditions over mercy, we are so sorry. And Lord, your earth, your people, your creation is crying out for you, And we need you. Will you please send your mercy to the world? Will you please bless the healthcare workers, the first responders? Will you bless the sick and the weak and the poor? We need you, and we need your mercy. We trust you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.